Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Church Online and our NUMA series, a series all about the Holy Spirit. More on that in a moment. First, I just want to say a huge hello to every single one of you uh, who are watching right now. So grateful for all of you, those who are watching live, those who will watch this played back later on YouTube. Hello. So good to have you here. I'm Jake. My wonderful wife, Nicole, and I have the great privilege of leading C3 Los Angeles, phenomenal church right here in the LA area. And uh, we're just so looking forward to the day when we can get back together in person. But we also love Church Online. This is an amazing experience. And it's so great that we can continue to worship together apart during this time. And I'm praying that the worship would be a blessing to you, that this word would be a blessing to you, and that we are just right now thinking of people that we can include in what God is doing in our church. Let's not keep this to ourselves. Let's be selfless with what God has given to this church and let's invite people into this amazing experience. I wanna ask you right now to come with me to the book of Romans chapter eight, beginning in verse five. The apostle Paul writes, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together." I want to speak to you today from the subject, life, peace, and pursuit of the Holy Spirit. And we're turning a significant page today in our series over into volume two. Uh, we're making a move from focusing on the person of the Holy Spirit to now focusing on being people of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It's not about delineating between categories of Christianity as in spirit people versus non-spirit people. As we just read in Romans chapter eight and verse nine, Paul says for anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ is not his. In other words, all the people of God are spirit people. It is true of every single believer. And we will walk with the Holy Spirit when we understand uh, our identity as people of the Holy Spirit. The more we know our identity, the more we will walk with him. It's simply a natural outcome. If you look in Romans chapter eight, which is where we just read from, in the entirety of that chapter, Paul does not give one single imperative or command to his readers, to you and I. And that's actually really amazing when you consider the fact that he is describing such 
a lofty life. But it's because when we are led by the Holy Spirit, no command is necessary. We naturally produce an amazing God-honoring life when we are led by the Holy Spirit. And that wasn't an original thought to Paul. He was expanding upon the truth that Jesus declared in John chapter 3, uh, verses 5 and 6. Jesus said, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. For that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now just pause and think about what Jesus is saying right there. In the same way that your physical birth produced your physical identity, so also does your spiritual birth produce your new spiritual identity. The physical is corruptible, and indeed it always gets corrupted because it comes from a corrupted source. But the spiritual is incorruptible because it comes from a perfect source, which is God. This is exactly why Jesus stressed in John chapter three that we need to be born again. It's not enough that we would simply try harder or do better or, or try to be better. We needed to become a brand new person. We needed a new heart. And that's why God's promise to us in the scriptures is I'm gonna take out your heart of stone and I'm gonna give you a heart of flesh. I'm gonna remove that which has desensitized to God, that which has become hardened to God. And I'm gonna give you a heart that is receptive to God, a heart that is sensitive and soft to God's touch. You see, when you get reborn by the Holy Spirit, what's true about God becomes true about you. What's true about the Spirit becomes true about you. You receive a brand new identity so that in the same way you are a Smith or a Williams or a Navarez, you are now a person of the Holy Spirit. You belong to the family of God. Let's drill a little bit deeper into that truth. You received from your mom and your dad their DNA, which means that you have your parents' propensities. There's things that your parents like and don't like, things that they naturally do and don't naturally do that you received from them, and you will pass on those propensities to your children. Uh, recently, my wife, Nicole, she said that this eight weeks in quarantine so far at home has revealed to her how much our six-year-old son is so like me. He has my propensities. He has my, my nature. And believe me, not all of that is good. But listen to this. When you get born again by the Holy Spirit, you receive the propensities, the nature, the DNA of God. God's nature comes to reside on the inside of you. That, that's an amazing thought that what is true about him becomes true about you. And just like all great parents don't just give their propensities, they give themselves. So also in an infinitely greater way has God not just given you his nature, he's given you himself, he's given you his own spirit to dwell with you and in you. What an incredible promise for everybody. But man, what an amazing promise to the orphan to those who don't have good relationships with their earthly fathers and mothers that you can actually, through the Holy Spirit, have a wonderful relationship with God. You don't just have his nature. He himself has come to dwell with you. You've received the spirit of God so that you can have relationship with the one who has made you reborn. That is an incredible promise given to you and I. Now, before you start to think that this is too theological or impractical or intangible in any way, just stop. I promise you this affects every single area of your life. There is not one aspect of who you are, not one part of your world that this does not dramatically 
impact and touch. Last week, we listed out that the Holy Spirit is the righteousness of God. That means that you are the righteousness of God. Yeah, but you don't understand yesterday I did this and that. Well, that might be what you did, but that's not who you are. Your identity is now from the Holy Spirit of God himself. The Holy Spirit is the wisdom of God, which means you have the wisdom of God. Oh, but I still make so many bad decisions. That's only because you keep overlooking the fact that you have the wisdom of eternity for a father who has placed his nature in you and has relationship with you to lead you in that wisdom. The Holy Spirit is the power of God, which means you have the power of the almighty God in you to do powerful things. Yeah, but you don't understand. I just so constantly feel out of out of my depth in life. Well, yeah, that's because as the Holy Spirit is leading you, he's leading you away from the shore where the old you is out into the deep water so that you can walk on the waves with Jesus and experience the power that is in your new identity. So often Christians miss so much of what God has made available to us through his Holy Spirit because we get caught up in lesser things and we get anxious for this and that and worried about these things and those things. And and we get caught up in this weird Christian escapism mentality where we think it's all about getting out of here and, and getting to heaven. And we miss the fact that the one who fills heaven has now filled us and wants to lead us in a brand new reality, a brand new normal, a new normal that began the moment Jesus walked out of the tomb. That's why coming to Jesus is called being born again, not welcome to retirement. It's about walking in complete newness. And here's how you walk in that newness. It has to flow from identity. It's not that through the Holy Spirit, you've simply inherited a new set of behaviors. Now you've inherited a brand new identity, the identity of Jesus Christ himself remade into his image. Now identity affects behavior. Look deeper and you will see that you have been made new in a much deeper sense than just behavior. Stop short at behavior and you will miss the complete newness of life that comes through the Holy Spirit. Identity always determines behavior. Anybody that you admire in the kingdom of God because of the way that they walk through life and respond to what's going on, you admire because they are the outcome of being led by the Holy Spirit. They behave in a way that's so captivating to people around them because they know who they are as a person of the Holy Spirit. The inspiration of a life in the kingdom, a life in Christ always reaches its height because of the depth of revelation of the Holy Spirit impacting not just behavior, but identity. You have to understand that you have been made a person of the Holy Spirit. It's the truest thing about you that you've been given a brand new identity. Paul says in Romans chapter eight and verse five, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. And so in every single follower of Jesus, there are two identities present. There's the identity of the flesh and the identity of the Holy Spirit. One is perishing, but the other is always new. Our choices, the thoughts that we have, they are all determined by whichever identity is leading us. Well, how do I know which identity is leading me? You just look at the outcome which is why Paul says in the next verse, in Romans 8 and verse 6, uh, that to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life 
and peace. In other words, if I keep on arriving at things that are contrary to the kingdom of God, which Paul summarizes as death, I know I'm being led by my old identity. I'm being led by my old identity if I'm experiencing that which is not part of God's nature. So let's use something like anxiety, for example. It's not simply that I have an anxious mind, it's that I have an anxious old identity. And if I'm led by my old identity, it will lead me into anxious thoughts every single time. So I have to look deeper at not just dealing with the mind, but asking myself the question, which identity am I allowing to lead me? Because God's identity will always lead me into God's nature. And God's nature is not anxious, not fearful, not sinful, not fallen in any way at all. God's nature is life and peace. And so if I'm being led by the spirit, the nature of God, the identity of God, I'm gonna find myself experiencing life and peace. This is why Paul said in Romans chapter eight and verse 13, for those who live according to the flesh, they will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. If you're led by the spirit, you're gonna live. You're gonna experience life and peace because life and peace is God's nature, is who he is and therefore it's who you are. And how much do we need that life and that peace? How much does the world around you need that life and peace? One of our motivations for being led by our spirit identity is not just for our own sake, but for the sake of modeling and imparting life and peace to the world around us. I mean, just consider the times that we are in right now. The country is trying to navigate how to reopen the economy. Fear is thriving and abundant. Opinions are flying all over the place. Are you being led by the flesh or by the Holy Spirit? Do you have life and peace enough to share with others? Listen to me. You have been equipped by God himself to navigate this season because you have received the Holy Spirit, which means that you have in you a life-giving, peace-increasing response to everything that is going on. That is natural to the Holy Spirit in you. In other words, you have received the propensity of your Father to respond in a way that gives life and increases peace to everything that's happening around you on social media, wherever you are engaging with other people. That propensity, that response is in you but you have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you into those responses. And this is where it becomes so vital that we understand what I was saying a few moments ago, that God hasn't just given us his identity. He hasn't just given us his nature. He's given us himself. The Holy Spirit doesn't just regenerate us. The Holy Spirit remains with us. If any great father with great qualities wants those qualities to flourish in their children, they can't just be a part of making the child. They have to be a part of raising the child. The father has to nurture and foster those qualities. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. We have the nature of God in us when we get reborn by the Spirit of God and take on that identity of Christ. But now we need the Spirit of God to nurture the nature of God in us. He's got to show us the desires of God and the nature of God. And this is when it becomes so important that we understand how vital it is that we pursue friendship with the Holy Spirit. Not just relationship in a generic sense, but intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit so that he can show us the nature of God. Paul said in Romans 8 and verse 7 that the carnal mind is enmity with God. 
which means that the spirit mind is friendship with God. When we set our mind on the things of the spirit, we invest in and, and pursue friendship with the Holy Spirit. And we need that so badly if we are to live according, be led by the Holy Spirit in us. Jesus said in John 15, 15, no longer do I call you servants for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. Why? For everything that I have heard from the father, I have made known to you. Notice that the friendship is defined by the fact that Jesus reveals the father to his disciples. The Holy Spirit does the exact same today. He reveals the nature of our father to us, a nature, mind you, that is already in you. But relationship with the Holy Spirit, friendship with the Holy Spirit shows you that nature so that you understand who God is and, and what he wants to do on the inside of you and what he wants to do three, through you, leading you in an incredibly powerful, amazing, God-honoring life. Think about the nature of friendship and how that redefines your meeting place with God. When you understand that through the Holy Spirit, you have friendship with God, that should exchange your meeting place from some mountain that you have to ascend to now a table where you get to sit. And at that table, you have conversation with God and he begins to reveal to you his nature, his desires, nature that is already in you to perform by the power of the Holy Spirit. The only way to begin experiencing this is to start pursuing that friendship. Just begin to develop it today, like make the decision, I'm gonna get alone with God. I'm gonna prioritize time with God more than any other thing in my life. You're his child and he wants to spend time with you. Oh, but I don't feel like his child. You won't until you get close enough to the Holy Spirit for him to tell you. You won't understand God's nature until you get close enough and often enough for him to show you. Paul said in Romans 8 and verse 16, for it's the spirit himself who bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. What's that mean? It means that when I draw near to the Holy Spirit, he begins to remind me, you're God's child. Hey, don't fret. You're the, you're the child of God. Hey, don't worry. You're the child of God. Don't self-condemn. You're God's child. Don't disqualify. You're God's child. Don't doubt. You're God's child. Don't fear. You're God's child. When I draw near to the Holy Spirit, he bears witness to me that I am, that you are, that we are children of God. And out of that relationship comes the identity. Out of the identity comes the nature. So that I begin to live the spirit-led life that Paul talks about all throughout Romans chapter eight. It becomes a little bit like breathing. You know, most of the time you're not very aware of your breathing. It's just something that happens automatically. And as you draw near to the Holy Spirit frequently enough, being led by him just becomes a natural part of the way you live your life. Sometimes though, you are aware of your breathing. When you're exerting a lot of energy or exercising and you're breathing heavily in the same way, Sometimes you become so aware of the Holy Spirit in you and wanting to do things through you. And that's when God wants to lead you out of just a natural rhythm and a natural cadence into a supernatural life. That's exactly what we're gonna dive into next Sunday as we continue this series. Right now, I wanna take a moment and pray for every single one of you who are watching this. I wanna pray that you would know your identity 
as a person born of the Holy Spirit. I wanna pray that out of that identity would flow a discovery of God's nature and therefore a life that is in accordance with God's nature. It's not just for your sake, for the sake of the people that are around you, the sake of the people that you engage with and interact with in life. God wants to do powerful things through you because the power of the Holy Spirit is in you. God wants to reveal his wisdom to you because the wisdom of the Holy Spirit is in you. God wants to lead you in paths of righteousness because you are now the righteousness of God through the the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. I'm praying again and again, Lord God, that you would give us a fresh encounter with your Spirit. Baptize us, Jesus, in the presence of your Holy Spirit that we may know beyond a shadow of any doubt that we are filled with you. Lord God, we want to experience you today. We didn't come together just to learn about you or to know more. We came together to experience you, God. We want an experience of your Holy Spirit. I'm praying the Holy Spirit of God would be touching people's hearts right now. Wherever you're watching, that the Holy Spirit would be ministering to you and doing a deep work on the inside of you. We thank you, Father, for your gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm praying that old identities would just be overtaken by the powerful identity of the Holy Spirit, that the desires of the flesh would be so dampened by the the prevalence of the desires of the Spirit on the inside of us, that out of that identity would flow the nature of God, that we would live like Christ in the earth, making choices like he made choices, interacting with others like He interacted with others. We thank you, God, that all this is possible through the presence of your Holy Spirit in us. I want to make sure before we leave today that every single one of you who's watching this has a relationship with God. That's the foundation of God's message to you is that he wants relationship with you. Again, that's why he makes us a new people uh, so that uh, we would have relationship with him. The book of Ephesians says so that we would be eternally before him in love. That's what God wants. He wants you to be eternally before him in love, you in love with him, him in love with you. In order for us to experience that, we need to allow God to come in and to do a a brand new work on the inside of our hearts, just like I was describing during the message. I'd love to invite you to make that choice, to open up your heart to God right here and now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Please don't wait one more moment. Don't wait another day. None of us knows the future. If this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that life so often is is far beyond our control. But it is within your control to get right with God, to begin a relationship with Him. Don't let a, a carnal mind hold you down. Don't let it keep you stuck in anxiousness and fear and bitterness and, and hatred towards the world or insecurity about yourself. Receive God's invitation to be made a brand new person. I'm gonna pray for you right now. I'd love for you just to make that choice. You can respond. There's a button coming up on your screen that says, I'm raising my hand. I'd love for you to press that button. If we were together in person right now, I'd say, hey, if you wanna give your life to Jesus, just lift your hand. But this is just as powerful. It's not about me seeing you. It's about God seeing you. Like his eyes are fixed on you right this very instant. Would you respond to his gracious invitation of love and relationship? Father, I thank you for every person 
responding right now. I thank you for the work that you're doing on the inside of their hearts. I thank you that you make us brand new people. Lord, as we repent of sin, we thank you, Lord, that you just instantaneously forgive us, that you hold no grudge, that you hold nothing against us ever. We come to you, Lord, with humility and gratitude right this very second. Would you pray this prayer with me out loud, this next part? I'd love it if you said it right where you are. Say, Father in heaven, thank you that today is a new day and I am a new creation. I receive the free gift of your love, grace, and salvation in exchange for my burden of brokenness and sin. Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to follow you my whole life. In Jesus' name, amen.